0: You're listening to FileMaker Off The Record.
1: Hi, how is everybody? Uh, this is Teresa Heistand and...
0: Thomas Makwa
1: From Profile Developers, and this is our uh, maiden podcast.
0: Yes, and as FileMaker 17 was just released mm-hmm. officially today, mm-hmm. we thought we would talk about it. I've been playing with it a little bit, reading about it, And Teresa has not.
1: Yes, I have. uh, I never even downloaded the (laughs) (laughs) beta, uh, so I have not seen anything about FileMaker 17. So I am excited for you to tell me some things about it.
0: So one thing that I'm sure you'll be hearing or have heard is that there's no more FileMaker Pro. They've gotten rid of FileMaker Pro, and they just have FileMaker Advanced.
1: Now, did they make because there was a big price difference between FileMaker Advanced and FileMaker Pro? You know, the previously so did they make FileMaker Advanced uh, cheaper to be FileMaker Pro price, or did they make FileMaker? You know what? What's the pricing for FileMaker Advanced?
0: FileMaker Pro was in the neighborhood of three twenty something like that. FileMaker okay. Advanced was in the neighborhood of five forty. Okay. okay. Uh, so now it's five forty. Okay. <laughs> so that was the so, resolution was to just so this, everybody's m- this buying move advanced.
1: is is really so that Advanced is for developers only, uh, or primarily, and to push people more towards the server or cloud plus connections option because that's uh more economical for a business where there aren't citizen you know not everybody's not a citizen developer right okay.
0: the uh, i i th- i think that part of the reason for that was that the getting citizen developers started that would start with pro would run into limitations pretty quickly because Simply not having a script debugger, oh yeah, yeah, is is you know incredibly difficult, and yeah. um, it's huge. Is, is and it was a wall you would hit pretty it, quickly,
1: and that was the wall. Yeah, I mean there there's not a lot there wasn't a whole lot between advanced and pro that was different. I mean it was just the developer tools, but you could script. You know, it wasn't like the difference between Go and mm-hmm. Pro, right? So uh, I, I think they're probably making a
0: good move. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whenever you're buying for a company, uh, the, the the more licenses you buy, the cheaper they get. Mm-hmm. I, st- I think that most companies are not going to see this. This isn't going to be a huge, huge hit to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I hope that's the case for our clients. Right. <laughs> also with advanced, the advanced options are a checkbox in the settings. So whenever you install FileMaker Pro,
1: I, they're calling it advanced. They, are, they
0: are just yeah. calling it advanced. That, that was one I actually wasn't sure about. Um, so when you install advanced, there is an option to only install Pro without the advanced options, so that it's oh, okay. not even, if you have users that you don't want them to be able to access this stuff at all, you can not install the advanced options so okay. they do end up with Pro anyway.
1: Okay, so they can use the muscle, but they don't get the toolbox. Right. Okay. Uh,
0: but if you install it just as a normal install or full install,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there is a checkbox to turn the tools on and off, I think. Of, of course, advanced developers would never turn them off. And I think that a lot of, like you said, citizen developers, once they turn them on, they're not going to turn them and off And the
1: debugger doesn't hurt you no it can't hurt you it can no. only help you yeah
0: so that's the that's the the the, the, the platform big change, change to the platform yeah. yeah um one other thing of course is so the platform includes filemaker cloud and we're not going to talk about that much uh but filemaker cloud is still at 16. filemaker uh filemaker advanced 17, server is 17, and Go is 17.
1: Okay, but there's a cloud update that's there's forthcoming, a, right? Yes. Okay.
0: But it would presumably
1: be 17.
0: Presumably. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: They've also changed the uh, system requirements. So FileMaker Advanced now requires on Mac uh, Sierra or High Sierra. Okay. So that's 12 or 13, I think. Uh, Windows 7sp1, <laughs> 8.1, and 10. you can't 10. kill that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, and the file format hasn't changed. The files are still FMP12. So any version of FileMaker that can open up an FMP12 file can open a file from 17. However, the 17 uh, advanced can only connect to server 15, 16 or 17. Okay. Or cloud.
1: Okay. And that's because of security. Because well, the biggest difference between 14 and 15 was, was security. Was security. Yeah.
0: It it must be. So, but you can create a file in 17 and just open it standalone on a, ver- you know, on an older version, but obviously none of the 17 features will be there, none of right. the advanced features will be there. So, uh, you know, the file will not behave as you might expect it to uh, but that's the same with every version right another thing that they're distributing uh, is a data migration tool now this is a standalone application Mm -hmm. I believe it's um, just run from the terminal okay I don't I don't think it has a GUI okay it's just from the terminal Uh, and that will let you transfer all the data from one file to another file so if you have a production file like for one of our clients Mm -hmm. and a development file on our server Mm -hmm. whenever you're ready to pass it over instead of scripting the table by table imports Mm -hmm. you you run the migration tool you point it to the data file the original one Mm -hmm. you point it to the clone or you know whatever your development one is okay and within seconds it transfers all of the data from one file to the other. Now, I'm just going by what a bunch of other people have said. I haven't actually tested this one myself, Uh, but people are very happy about it.
1: (laughs) Does the, and you might not know, because you've just read some stuff about it, but I wonder, because this isn't the same. This, if you're using a separation model, this would be unnecessary.
0: It's unnecessary unless you're updating the data file.
1: Right but if you are updating right so if you if you added a module mm-hmm. you added some tables then using the data migration tool it would presumably intelligently match things i'm i'm guessing that things would have to match you can't have a data file that's not
0: that's uh, completely different from the original uh, but right
1: it, even i i'm thinking along the lines of oh you renamed some fields um, you know, just just little things where um, that that could confuse something that's based on the names or the fields, right? Uh, like the either the field numbers,
0: the field IDs. My understanding: you can change table names, you can change field names, well, and it the, will continue to work. It's using the IDs. Okay. So that it's sure. it's not super easy to break. How many times have we transferred data from? You know, just well, just to do a simple to, update, having to write
1: that entire process, yeah, yeah, that's a that is a pain.
0: It is a pain, and the import is slow, and this import is very quick. Hmm. Um, and oh my goodness, and it imports accounts and privileges.
1: Oh well, that's nice,
0: right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> how does it do that?
0: You know, filemaker magic. It uses science and magic to and
1: underwear or, gnomes?
0: right? So that's uh, uh, another just very cool part. So getting into the regular part of FileMaker and the updates, the, they've improved their starter solutions and they're still what, uh, you know, we have a tendency not to use those uh, for the type of development that we do, but they're even better now for newbies mm-hmm. starting out, new developers.
1: Yeah, I read um, something about how you can create Uh, like in the last version they had they always have starter files that are specific to a function they'll have one that's you know an address book and Mm -hmm. another one that's for invoicing and another one that's for tasks right Um, and uh, simple things like that but that you can create like pick one of these starter templates to create a new file and then somehow select add-on files like if you start out with the the uh, name and address or the CRM one you can add on one some one of the other ones like with a click
0: right so it will yeah I think that's what they call it add-on yeah Uh, and so if you add on a CRM part I actually don't know what all it adds in it it will build the table uh, along with the fields yeah. for that uh, module for lack of a mm-hmm. better word and i th- I think it also brings over whatever scripts are in there too
1: okay, and the scripts for the templates are probably very light navigation, add new deletes right you know things like that because these are all pr- almost flat
0: well in so terms they've of... yeah they've broken up whenever you uh go to create a new solution. They've broken it up into starter starter solutions and apps, I and mean, the apps are just a more complete version of the of the. Well, there's more of them, and they're, there's a lot more design to them. There's a lot more style to them. They're not quite as basic. So there actually is a there's a contacts starter uh, file, and there's a contacts app and the contact starter file is what we've seen in the past you know it's Mm -hmm. got i actually think there are a couple of tables um, very you know maybe there's a script or two and um, some real basic layouts in the apps version of contacts uh, it's got more tables it's got you know more than a dozen scripts already in there the uh, layouts for ios layouts for desktop Mm -hmm. Uh, I think layouts for WebDirect. Okay. So they're they're much more complete. You know, I can again. That's you know for for people who are starting out, the the what you can learn from them is is great. It's a lot more value for the beginners. So moving on to what FileMaker can do like the new things within it, layouts. Mm -hmm. So in layout mode, you've probably seen this, where the panes, instead of having the floating palettes for the inspector, for the field... Aren't they all docked now? uh, On the left is the uh, fields and objects, Mm -hmm. and they're they're on tabs. You just switch. And on the right is an inspector. Mm. And you can still bring up additional inspectors and have them floating, just exactly the same as we do now. So if you Mm -hmm prefer that you can close the pane and just open the inspector and okay. you know still do it the same but it it is kind of nice having them right there on the window I think that's just one either you're going to get used to and like or you won't uh, I think most people actually will once they use it a couple of times I think they're going to get used to it and like it a lot
1: yeah that's one of the things where when you have floating pallets the biggest challenge is the where to go yeah. it was there a minute ago where did, and then especially on a mac you know you're constantly looking for which you know and you're
0: developing on multiple monitors and,
1: right yeah. but and you have six apps open because you're checking your email and you're moving over here and doing this right so i think that that sounds useful another one is
0: uh, what they call the master detail layout which i don't think i have to explain too much but it's similar to how most email applications work, right. where there's a column on the left that lists all of your emails, or whatever the records are, mm-hmm. and on the right are all the details. So they're calling it Master Detail, and basically a portal that you can draw, so whenever you, whenever you add a portal to a layout, you can link it just like before, you just pick a, a table occurrence, mm-hmm. or you can select uh, the current table, which okay. is the, the, up at the top, it's the very first option. If you select the current tape, there's no relationships mm-hmm. added, and what you're looking at is a portal to the current found set. Right. So it'll show just whatever records are currently found. There's no sorting options available. The f- records in the portal are sorted the same way the records in that okay. you're looking at are sorted. So if you click on any of the rows, that's the record that loads. Right. However, it's not running a script. There's no script. There's no button.
1: So it's just a built-in interface. It's just for a built-in
0: that. action, and what it seems to be is, when any portal row is active, mm-hmm. uh, it highlights just like normal. Which you have control mm-hmm. over the look of that, and it jumps to that record. Yeah. So it's nice. It's fast. Right.
1: It's... So so while doing that, the way we've always done wasn't hard. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that time-consuming. But you had to do. You had to set up the relationships, set up right. the script, make sure you were, you know, selecting. Uh, and to know, have there it, a bunch of things and to, wrapped to have it into
0: filter that. based on the found set. Was That's actually nice. a little bit of a pain. Well, to also, do that yeah, before. because
1: if you're in a contacts database and you've got ten thousand contacts and you're searching for things that start with A, you're gonna watch that spin. Yeah. While you're waiting for it. So if this is their way to cut through some yeah. of that filter weight.
0: Yeah, so I like the stuff you get for free, and anything that simplifies the graph. I like any anything mm-hmm. that lets me not add more weight to the whole thing. Right. It's just easier to manage. You to and...
1: think about why that Cartesian is there. Right.
0: <laughs> a couple other things on the layouts. Uh, so if we group objects, when you select a grouped object, the whole thing selects just like normal. If you Click a second time on any of the individual objects in there. That individual object will select without breaking up the group. Hmm. So you can then move it within and Uh, it'll stay part of the group. And you
1: don't have to go into... But you don't have to
0: ungroup everything. Go deal with the one you want to deal with. Or go into the
1: layout, you know, the object.
0: Or go into the... Yeah, right. right. Although I'm so used to doing that now. I don't know that I would do it this way much, but probably. it's, It's probably a little quicker to do it this way. Uh, Another item is to copy and paste custom menus, which is just nice. Uh, What I can see on that one is occasionally I'll build a custom menu that's primarily a developer custom menu. So
1: So, that needs to be portable and you can drop it anywhere. Yeah,
0: and if you didn't start in the, you know, if if, like that's part of the starter file, and if you don't start with that file, then you have to rebuild that whole thing, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a pain and, you know, whatever. So I like that a lot. I think I think we'll be seeing more of uh, you know like developers just creating these nice long custom mm. <laughs> developer menus uh, with specific key commands that you can trust now that you can copy and paste it into any any solution. Oh,
1: that's interesting.
0: Whenever you're creating a new table in FileMaker 17, now creates default field which they showed us. Oh yeah, so
1: those previously. were because you can define it. now. Are these that they are basically default housekeeping fields?
0: Well, they're default. Or
1: can they be anything you want?
0: Pretty much anything that you want. Oh, and uh, you
1: have to save that in like a preferences? Or no, something?
0: it's actually in okay. an XML file. Okay. Which is on a Mac if you right click and say get application package contents.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: If you get the package contents and then Go to resources, mm-hmm. and then go to I believe it's the language in okay. uh, directory. There's a file in there that's named something very obvious, like right. default fields. I think that's what it's called, the default <laughs> fields. And it's just a it's a it's a simple XML file. And it's actually I'm not great with XML. Mm-hmm. I had no trouble at all opening okay. it up. Editing Modifying it, changing it. it to what I wanted, added a few more fields, mm-hmm. closed it, saved it, dropped it back in, created a table, everything just worked. Nice. Um, there's nice. some details that you gotta pay attention to, um, especially on the if you if you're using auto enter, you know, there's there's settings for to right. use auto enter account name and right. so you have to have you, have to, you just have to and, know
1: what all the options Yeah, and like how to how to word them but to, it, yeah. it
0: seems like you can do an awful lot. Uh, and you can like for the ID fields you can actually put in a function get uuid that can be part of the XML yeah. and so that gets you know automatically added because it's XML they're they're numbered and that's the order they actually create it and so you can play with that too and do it in the most useful way to so I like that a lot that's that's nice it's not that it takes a long time to copy and paste all the fields you want but why do you have to keep copying and pasting all the fields you want moving on to scripting yes um,
1: What's different about scripting?
0: Yeah, not a lot. Uh, so the only ones that <laughs> i made note of, the, the the one I'm actually happy, I was going to say excited, I guess I'm not really excited about it, but I'm very happy about mm-hmm. it, is uh, variables in custom dialogs. So whenever you're creating a custom dialog mm-hmm. and you want to select, you know, add a field and you select, and you the click input the box. So, yeah. Okay there's an option to, instead of selecting a field, type in a variable name. So you don't need a global field. But if that's Generally, that's what we do.
1: So wait, so you, you put in a fixed variable because that's what you want to show?
0: No, where you want the data to go where in, a, in a field that people okay. are typing in. Right. So instead of dropping, you know, usually we create right. a, well, we a, we use a global, our global table. Fields.
1: What I was thinking was that if it's a variable that has not yet been initialized and does not exist yet, will that create the variable on mm-hmm. the fly in the dialogue?
0: Well, once and, a value and, is entered and the dialogue is saved, then the variable will have whatever value was entered in the dialogue. Okay. If I presume, I didn't test this and I should have, but I'm sure this, it, it has to work with this way. Whenever you enter your variable name, if the variable has a value, that value will be pre-entered in the dialogue. Right, that's up. what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. If the variable does not exist,
1: then it would be blanked oh, the same way that if same, we wanted exactly. to preload the amount for the transaction into the dialogue right. so that when it pops up, you can say, verify it was $25.
0: Right. You know. So that's when I'm I'm actually really happy about. Because that's one that I just think should have been there right whenever they first came out with variables.
1: And well one of the things that we tend to run into we're running out of globals where we end up <laughs> like we, we create these, these You have to remember sets. to
0: clear them and Right, but yeah. we have these
1: sets of globals of uh, global fields mm-hmm. um, for particular functions or areas. So we'll have global payment or mm-hmm. global search and you know, we can run out. If you are doing something where you're getting a lot of data and we're doing transactional and enter all of the values for such and such and you have a cancel option, you know, so nothing actually exists until you hit save, that this allows you to set up that variable and you don't have to worry about, you know, am I stepping on this other global over here? Right. Because the var dialog we used in 40 places. You know, so that is more flexible.
0: I'm just, I'm I'm happy about that one. Multiple email attachments, so everyone's talking about that, which is great. That's Again, exciting.
1: How many? How many can there? you do?
0: Unlimited is Ooh. what I've heard. That sounds
1: like something that's going to break. I don't like know what that's has tested, but...
0: <laughs> But
1: that's, that's very nice.
0: Uh, Instead of being a check, you know, uh, whenever you would check add attachment, Mm -hmm. it would let you select a file, and then it would be attached, and that would be the end of it. Now it brings up a a regular dialog where you can- a file,
1: like a directory selection. Yeah,
0: and you can select, well, and, like in external files.
1: Oh, okay. So you can put multiple paths.
0: And you can use variables in those.
1: Right. But well that's so that's like, you know, the your file path yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. So you're still like enter in the path you could put in four exactly. and that's gonna go do four files. Right. Right. Now does that work if you say can you just add a container field? something like that. So you've got a container field that has some PDFs in it. Can you just attach the container fields, or would you still need to go through the process of exporting to a path and then attaching?
0: Uh, from what I saw in the dialogue, you'd, you'd have to... it won't take it from a container field. but. Okay. <laughs> another kind of nice little feature is in the export dialogue, mm-hmm. whenever you specify your path,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the FileMaker will now create any subfolders that don't yet exist. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice?
1: Yeah, like can, that'll, that'll save. <laughs>
0: something we've been doing recently, a project we've been working on recently, mm-hmm. that we create an awful lot of files, uh, to, to not have to worry about that hierarchy existing. Right. Uh, I don't know that it'll work everywhere, in fact, I believe it absolutely won't work everywhere. All right. uh, it it works on work the desktop. desktop. It works in the Documents document file. It works in the Temp directory.
1: Okay. So the three places where
0: I I don't know that we save anywhere other than those three anyway. So it'll it'll work there, and it works with export, save as, like save as Excel. Okay. Uh, save a copy as. It works in all those different areas. So that's that's cool. Yeah.
1: That'll aid in automation.
0: In seventeen, we also have perform script by name. Which can be very useful.
1: Yes, and so how would how would you use that? Because I'm always wary of anything by name. Go to layout by name, you know. Go to the you know because if somebody changes that, then it can break
0: yeah. navigation. I, so I I'm glad it's here, mm-hmm. and I think it can simplify some things. One nice thing about the DDR. Is it tells you things that are and are not being used. Mm-hmm. They're not referenced anywhere. Mm-hmm. Any layouts that are only navigated to by using go to layout by name, and the name is provided, mm-hmm. then that layout shows up as not being referenced, because there's no hard reference to it. Okay. Uh, and so the same thing is going to happen with scripts. That there's s- scripts that are not referenced because they're on go to by name. Right. So I can see possibly not wanting to use this. Feature, because then I lose my hard references.
1: Right, unless um, unless that you have an awareness I, about it, and you because...
0: have to right now. I have a, a module that I use to track your auditing. Auditing. I have an I have an auditing module that mm-hmm. actually tracks script usage, so that doesn't rely on the DDR to let me know that scripts are being used or are not being used. Mm-hmm. So that that would. Because
1: uh, uh, it pulls so, the parameters, and yeah. the parameter would be the name, so right. you would be able to. to so I can I can
0: already that. pull that. So uh, that makes this less of an issue that it's that it's affecting the DDR. I can see it being useful. Uh, you can also use this on perform script on server okay. instead of selecting a script to run on the server. You can do it by name. So if you have several with options, instead of running a script, having a parameter, sending a parameter with it to then go and pick the proper subscript, you can just run the script directly. Hmm. So there's, I can see some places where this would be useful. That's the major things for FileMaker Advanced. There's also updates to FileMaker Server, and same with FileMaker Go. There's been a number of a few script steps there too. The the big one there is that you now have access to virtually every sensor in the in the iphone ipad mm-hmm. so that's nice you know is uh,
1: that in a particular um function
0: yeah it's it's in a uh is yeah. it all
1: wrapped into one or is it a i, I believe
0: it's wrapped into one but okay not. it's
1: kind of like uh like get object attribute had like you know you can, anything right. about anything you just had to know what to call for parameters right so this could be like get external
0: so there's that there's there's a few other features that come to go that are that are Great features that are really going to help in development mm-hmm. that we're not going to touch on today. That's all.
1: Mm-hmm. Do that next time.
0: Yeah. So that's that's what I have for seventeen. I hope it gets you excited about it.
1: Yeah, I, I should start using it.
0: Yes. <laughs> and we have to make sure that we move our files to the right server because we do have a we have a fourteen server. Mm-hmm. Can't connect to that. We have a sixteen server. We can connect to that, and we will. Very shortly have a seventeen server. Yeah. We can connect to that.
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll be exciting.
0: Yeah. Oh. Okay. Great. Right. Thanks.
1: Good talk. Thanks for all the information on seventeen.
0: Sure. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you.